Real Estate and Chill Podcast, the newest and coolest podcast. So tune in. Two experts discussing the real estate market. Loan Officer James Chaudhry and Associate Real Estate Broker Kevin Iglesias. Beware, this is not another boring podcast. This right here is the shit you need to hear respectfully. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are on episode eight of Real Estate and Chill here with a special guest today. Um, we actually took somebody out. So, um, you know, I forgot to break the news to you guys, but Kevin is no longer with us on this podcast. He's still alive, but, uh, you know, he's not here today. Um, but we have, a, we have a replacement for him. So this is, uh, this is, I guess, Baby Yoda Kevin something. I don't even know. I'm Kevin Iglesias. Well, we'll have him here. Yeah, clap it up for Baby Yoda. <laughs> but we have a very, very special guest today. But you know me, James Chattery, United Mortgage, and I'm here with... J.R. Ornstein. There you go. That name has such a nice flow to it. J.R. Ornstein. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking earlier. We, we're, we're from, you know, like the same place. I'm from Jericho. You're from Syosset. Yeah. We both had to drive through an hour of, uh, you know, this torrential rain outside. Yeah. Literally saw a lightning bolt just strike down like a mile away from me. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I hate thunder. It's loud. It's obnoxious. It's annoying. But we made it here. We made it here. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> if you need a hug to get through it, Yoda's right there. If I need insurance on my car because I got so scared, I know who to reach out there to on go. that one. <laughs> but all right. So. We know you. We know that you're very big in what you do. We know that you're leading the market right now. Um, you know, as I said before, I don't really see insurance agents like come out and like, you know, talking on social media and they don't really have a platform where they, you know, spread a lot of knowledge about what they do. Yeah. Um, so with the home buying process, it's obviously so important to have, you know, an insurance agent with you. Um, well, what is your correct um, title? Are you insurance agent? You're, you're the owner of, of yeah, so I'm an insurance agent. I'm an agency owner. Gotcha. Yeah. So either one works. Either one I'll works. call you the agency owner because you're the big boss. So I'll, I'll call you that. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, when we look at home insurance, okay, well, first things first, you know, Kevin's not here. I'll go into, should I go into the, Mike, should I go into the reason why he's not here? You think he wants anybody to know? I, oh, no, he did post on Facebook, so I can say it. So Kevin's not here today because he is, um, you know, him and his wife are in the hospital right now. Kevin is expecting his second son, so he is there today, can't join us. Um, but, you know, Kevin, when you're watching this, prayers up. Hopefully everything goes well, and I'm so happy for you and your wife. <laughs> All right, so... I'll get through Kevin's stupid questions first. He texted me a bunch of questions, and I was just like, all right, we'll go through this first. We picked Baby Yoda because it kind of looks like him. He's short, you know, a little, like, meatball-ish, you know? Oh, my. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. I, he told me. He's like, oh, I'm not here. To, don't don't say anything about me. I was like, all right, well, you're not here, so you can't say anything about it. So, um, all right, so questions from Kevin. We'll run through them first. Sure. Um, they are very, very – I said they were stupid, but, like, you know, they're actually stupid. So, yeah. Um, Question number one, what started your beef with Jake from State Farm? <laughs> um, I have no beef with uh, with Jake, and it's probably because he doesn't really exist. All right. Well, that's a, that's a good thing to, uh, you know, point out. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Here, yo, I, I, I wonder if this joke gets dry to you. Sure. Um, can Jake from State Farm and JR be in the same room together? I don't know. I would I think not because he doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and question number three and last question from Kevin. What would you say to Jake from State Farm if he was watching this? <laughs> How do you answer these questions? I don't know where to begin. I'm, let's move on. Let's just move on from that. Kevin, 
Thank you for your insight. I really appreciate you, um, you know, asking Jr. some very amazing questions today. Yeah. Um, but we will move on from that and let's get down to you know the nitty gritty of everything. Sure. So you know when we're looking at insurance quotes, when somebody's purchasing a home and they have a mortgage, they need insurance on that property. Yeah. Right. So what goes into an insurance quote? All right. So there's a lot that goes into it. The secret is uh, speaking to someone who can help simplify it. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. But let's go over. Let's say the three big coverages that most people are going to be looking at, most insurance agencies are going to bring to their customers' attention. The first one is the most important. They call it dwelling coverage. And all that means is rebuilding, reconstruction coverage, right? So what's the worst case scenario uh, in a house? Burns down. Burns down. Something happens. Total yeah. loss, got to rebuild it, right? So we're going to make sure that in a worst case scenario, there's enough coverage to rebuild the house of equal value. Gotcha. Now you may say, well, I, what if if the, if the house burns down, I don't want the same house. I want something better. That's cool. You can do that. But we're going to pay for what it would take to build the same one. You would have to pay the difference on that. So insurance is not available to you to upgrade. The okay. contract says we'll make you whole. So that's similar construction uh, materials, for example. Okay. So if you had, you know, um, porcelain tile, it's not all of a sudden we're not going to be paying to replace it with exotic Italian marble. Gotcha. Okay. So we're going to help determine, well, what's it going to cost to do, to do that? We've got tools. We can get a pretty decent idea of what construction costs are in our area. All right. The next one is called personal property, sometimes referred to as contents. And to make that simple, that's your stuff. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Such <laughs> difficult terminology. Yeah. You know, it's just that's everything that you'd be moving into the place, or if you were moving out, what you'd be taking with you. So that's your furniture, your clothing, your decorations, all your stuff. All right. So most insurance companies, they're going to say, well, if this is how much dwelling coverage we're giving you, then we're just going to give you about 70 or 75% of that automatically. Okay. into the policy. Some companies, it varies from company to company, but that's what's going to protect your stuff. Gotcha. Okay. If you want more than that, you can always, in, you can always increase that. The second coverage, the big of the big three is they call it liability. And again, fancy way of just saying lawsuit protection. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of different ways you could be sued. In fact, you can be sued and still covered if you are, um, let's say served with papers for an incident that took place outside of your house. So it doesn't have to be Somebody is suing you because they slipped and fell in your kitchen. Yeah. You could actually be covered for a lawsuit for, uh, you know, hurting someone at the park. Really? Okay. So, but this is going to protect you. So when you're choosing the insurance company, right, um, part of what you're choosing is whose defense team are, is going to be defending you. Gotcha. Okay. Because we're going to be hiring the attorneys. We're going to be paying the, uh, the settlement, whatever that is, on your behalf. But that's what lawsuit. Um, that's what liability is. That's lawsuit protection. It's part of every policy. It's just a matter of how much do you have. So, with that being said, from what I'm hearing from you, um, we know that there's a ton of huge insurance companies out there, right? Yeah. So you work with State Farm. Is State Farm number one in, in the U.S.? I'm assuming they're like somewhere up yeah, there. Yeah, they right? insure more homes than any other company in the country. All right. So, like, just based off of that, obviously the the power they have. It's definitely something more than obviously I'm not trying to bash anybody, but you know, like a mom and pop shop who right. might not have the same. I don't know what goes into each each of those two, but you know, from what you're telling me, that seems like you know you would want the giant on your side on that one. 
you know? So that's, that's interesting. Um, so I would say like a question I have that a lot of my clients ask me, but I always push them over right back over to the insurance agent is like the difference in the prices are all those three included into, you know, that deductible that they have that, you know, when they, um, first pay off, pay the, pay something, right? Right. Is that the first thing that they pay? Um, so all policies, um, unless there's something I'm unaware of, they all have a deductible. That just means that's what you pay before the insurance company kicks in with their payment. You have a, you know, if you had a thousand dollar deductible and you have a $10,000 loss, you're getting a check for 9,000. Gotcha. Simple as that. The, the three major coverages I mentioned before, those are standard with any company. Okay. Okay. But the differences could be that one company is offering more coverage than another company, okay. assessing that you need more. Um, in some cases, they're different in how they pay. So I'll give you a, a, an example. So let's just say that um, you have a, a house fire, and I'm just going to make it really simple. The couch goes up in flames. Okay. All right. And it's it's a really expensive couch. So you're going to put an insurance claim just on this couch. There's one type of coverage for your personal property that says, we're going to give you enough money to buy a couch of similar value based on today's prices. You got to go to the store. You're going to go buy a couch. We're going to give you enough money to buy that new couch. Okay. But sometimes some insurance companies, and this is where it gets tricky. This is where the average, the customer is not going to be able to see this. They're not going to know it just looking at the numbers. Some of them give what they call actual cash value. I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to throw too much terminology out there. But what that means is you're getting like the garage sale price. You're getting a depreciated value. So that couch that you bought, let's say seven years ago, maybe you 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 paid 1500 bucks, but maybe now it's worth 500 so if you put a claim in, the insurance company is only going to give you the 500 Wow. So that's, that's something you have to look right? at. So sometimes when a, a customer is looking at pricing, it's like, man, this company is so much cheaper yeah. than this company. Sometimes that's a typical reason why. It's not equal coverage. Even gotcha. if the number looks the same, you could be like, oh, $200,000 coverage here, $200,000 coverage here. It looks the same. And what you don't know unless you're well-versed in this is that they're not the same. This one is not paying you. Uh, uh, this one's going to pay to replace everything, and the other one's going to give you depreciated value. Honestly, you know what I'm what I'm hearing from you is that like, well, one before you're talking about terminology, but I have to say like everything that you're talking about, like you're breaking down everything in such great, you know, giving such great definitions on what they are. So that's really appreciated, and I'm sure anybody who's watching this is going to appreciate that a lot. Um, you know, when you speak to a client for the first time and you have them on the phone and they're like asking like, oh, what's this, 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 you know, is it difficult to typically like explain this, you know, all the different things to everybody? Like, does that take a long time to do? Well, I, you know, we generally don't get into every single coverage, right? Because that's just gonna, you know, who wants to talk to an insurance agent for three hours going line by line, except for some of my clients maybe that are like accountants (laughs) (laughs) the certain personalities are like what is this endorsement number what is that but um generally i'm going through the major variables that are going to help determine what's right so it's it's some some customers are saying can you explain everything to me or tell me what i need right and so we're going to react accordingly so if we have a customer that's saying just tell me what i need yeah. Then I'll do the assessment. I'll ask a few questions to kind of figure it out. And then I'll present and say, every, based on everything you told me, here's what you know gives you everything that you're looking for. 
then you've got customers that say, let's go line by line. Let's take a look at this. What does this mean? How much do I need? And we'll give them the time that they need. You know, if, if you are knowledgeable enough, you should be able to explain something briefly. Yeah. If it's taking you 10 minutes to explain what dwelling coverage is, um, you're probably not really good at what you do. <laughs> Honestly, it just sounds like, I mean, I look at, you know, tons of insurance quotes all the time for clients who are, you know, sometimes are even shopping around trying to see what's up. Like exactly what you said before, like yeah. I see, I'm not going to say like I go so deeply into it to the point where I know everything about it. Yeah. You can't really expect that, you know, from me. I usually just, um, you know, whatever, whatever they find, I'm just like, all right, great. I don't see it vary too much. I guess that's something that maybe I've done wrong in the past. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why I thought it's so important to have you on the show because, you know, I'm also wanting to learn from you, yeah. you know? So that's something that I will definitely be looking at in the future so I can know. Um, but, you know, funny thing is, so we were planning to do last week, yeah. but we uh, we had to cancel the shoot last week. We weren't even sure if we were going to do it this week yeah. um, because of the fact of, you know, Kevin is, is obviously out. Um, but... The next day we were speaking about a client yeah. and I was having such a difficult time with this client and it wasn't his fault. It was the insurance agent's fault because we needed flood and we were getting quotes from so many different people that he was just getting. He was like pumping out like right. different quotes. Right. So they were varying like so much, like a difference of like 400, 400, 400. And looking back at it now from what you're t telling me. Obviously that there clearly is a difference in, you know, the amount that he's being covered for and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yep. And, um, you know, one problem is that I'm not putting this on you, obviously. Um, but something that I find difficult is that finding an insurance agent who is going to be able to give you a quote, like as soon as can be, yep. seems like it's been a little difficult for me in the past and in, in like the past like month, I would say yeah. it's been, it's becoming like a little difficult. I have this client right now. We need to close by Friday. Yeah. Um, and the insurance agent, insurance agent has been, you know, prolongating, sending me the hazards insurance for a week. And it's something that's, you know, boiling my blood because I'm like, all right, I can't submit a loan right. without the insurance. Right. So I need that. Right. And I can't submit it. We finally got it back today. Um, I told the insurance agent, I was like, listen, 1230, like I have to submit it because we need to close on Friday. Yeah. So I was like, send it to me. Please send it to me before 1230. If not, the client is like, tell me just like, James, do whatever you can. Just get it done for me. Right. Yeah. So he, I was just like, he has another quote, like. If you don't get it to me by 1230, I'm going to tell him like he, he needs to go with the other quote because we need to close on Friday. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's something I found difficult. So we spoke for the first time last week. And right when I spoke to you, like right away, you're like, all right, James, give me this, 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 this. And you were like, all right, I can do this. But then we found out it was in Connecticut. Right. So we couldn't end up doing the loan. I probably that's should tell okay. you that first. Yeah, that's all right. But, you know, look, moving forward with things, as I said before, um, you know, I don't necessarily work with one insurance agent. So I was excited to meet you yeah. um, and just talk to you about everything because I'm looking for somebody who I can you know, rely on for that, you know. So moving on into another segment of you know, just another question that we had from somebody who followed us that just wanted to know. Yeah. So if somebody is, is buying an investment property, um, they're not required to get a mortgage, but do you think that they should still get um, insurance on that property? 100%. 100%. And of course, there's not an insurance agent in the world that would not say. What yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, right. But, but think about it. Whether you're buying a house for yourself and there's no mortgage on the house or you're buying a house that uh, is intended to be a, an investment property, even if we went with the average home on Long Island, which is a little over 500000 
yeah. currently, right? Um, just ask yourself, are you okay with potentially having a two, three, four hundred thousand dollar loss and paying for that a hundred percent out of your pocket? When you can eliminate that risk a hundred percent by paying, let's say, a hundred bucks a, a, a month. Yeah. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's just that's the question you ask. And and that's generally how I speak to my clients about whether or not they want coverage or they don't want coverage. It's essentially, here's the hypothetical. If this happens, are, do you want to self-insure? Do you want to pay for that out of your pocket? Or do you want me to take care of all of it? Yeah. If your answer is, I'll pay for it out of my pocket, then we move on. That's kind of like, I mean, everyone has their own opinions, I feel like. If you're buying something that's super expensive, like you have a car, you have car insurance, right? right? You have a life, you have life insurance. Like you have to make sure that you plan for these things ahead of time yeah. because nothing, we, we had a whole pandemic for a year and nobody was, you know, nobody was able to leave their house. Nobody was able to see their loved ones. Yeah. You know, there were bad things that happened in this past year um, that, you know, nobody saw coming. Yeah. So it is obviously, I, I, I personally think it's super smart. Um, even though you're an insurance agent, your answer doesn't differ from, you know, anybody who's knowledgeable about it because yeah. it's it's a simple answer. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's yes, like you should. Um, Kevin, what do you have to say about that? He has nothing to say. He's do probably going to say some – he's probably going to, like, make fun of me in some way um, or do something. I don't know. He always he always insults me. But, Kevin, you're not here today. So, you know, your replacement, he can't speak to me. So <laughs> that's good. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine for today. Um, but so – you have, you know, a huge company, you, you run a huge branch and, you know, you are doing a lot of big different things. So, you know, a few things I want to touch up on, you have, you know, podcast coming out. Uh, well, it's been out, yep. you're, you're shooting second season, correct? Yep. Of Hot Rods and Real Estate. You know, I love my podcast. This is, this is also a podcast you should watch. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a twist on, um, yep. you know, the typical podcast, which I love. Yeah. Um, we also, you know, I want to talk about um, just networking in general because you know as an insurance agent as a loan officer like networking is so important to us yeah right and i also want to talk about the scaling of your business because you went from you know be i don't know exactly how you started but i would love to learn more about that yeah. um so let's start off with that so yeah. how did you um how did you start in insurance i'm sure you gotten asked this like 50 million times but, yeah uh, yeah no problem so i i first of all i studied communications in school um, and my senior year of, uh, in college, I was just in the studio most of the time if I wasn't, you know, shooting things. So I always loved, um, production, um, not being on, on the camera. I, I, I preferred being behind the camera, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, so I got out of that and, and I went into that field and, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll spare everybody exactly what happened, uh, there, but I loved it. I did love it, but I eventually transitioned and uh, in 2003, got into the insurance business as a, as a salesperson, as a team member of an existing office. And I learned the business, got my sales up in all the different categories, and approached uh, the company and said, I'd like to open up my own agency. Um, and so three and a half years later from when I got into the business, I opened up my own three doors. Three and a half years. Yeah. So in 2007, I opened up my doors in Great Neck. I am still at the same uh, location. Wow. And uh, it cost me an arm and a leg, but it's a pretty good location. So uh, I'm sticking it out. Um, but yeah, we've been rocking and rolling since. So, you know, I, I started off in 2007. Um, I was in my late 20s. And I started off with three uh, employees um, wow. on salary. And uh, I couldn't pay the rent. I couldn't pay their salaries. But I had faith in the plan. Yeah. Uh, and so with the help of a, uh, of a loan, 
on line of credit. I was making my payments. And as the business grew, I slowly but surely got to you know pay off that debt and then eventually start taking a salary for myself. Wow. And, um, but it's, you know, you have to have faith. You have to have a plan. There's so many things that can go wrong. There's so much uh, responsibility. I can only imagine. Yeah. You know, so, but, um, but it's grown. So year by year, the, our, um, our book of business, the amount of clients that we serve, uh, it's grown every single year. Um, great thing about this That's business great. is that, you know, I started in 07. Uh, so we know what happened to the market in a yeah, way. Yeah. And it didn't matter. So in Great Neck, almost all the shops were closed. Wow. And when I went in there, even before the, the market really crashed, it still was kind of dead in Great Neck. And I went to the uh, the door. I went to the uh, plant lady, was the store next door. And I said, oh, I'm intru- introducing myself. My name is J.R. Ornstein. I'm opening up an insurance agency. She goes, you're never going to make it. Oh, no. That, she didn't even her. say hello. There's always there's always that one person in the story yeah. who's just like the villain. Yeah. That's your villain. Yeah, so she's like, you're never going to make it. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> why do you say that? She's like, no one makes it. Look around. <laughs> <laughs> That's straight well, out of a horror movie. Yeah, so here I am 14 years later kicking, and uh, she. And the only thing she was right about was herself because she was out of there within a year. Wow. But uh, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. But yeah, it's you know as as the as the uh, clientele grew, I had to bring on new agents just from a servicing capacity. Yeah, and then we bring on uh, salespeople as we come. You know, and I'm always looking. Yeah, I'm always looking. If anyone out there is uh, interested in, in joining, we have a young audience. So you know, in in sales, a good salesperson pays for themselves. Yeah. So there are times when I'm recruiting a little bit more from from a need standpoint but 24 7 you know 12 months out of the year i am always recruiting on some level because anyone who's good anyone you know i i can train anybody on the products i can train them on you know some of the words uh, to say how to explain things yeah. i could train them on that i just can't train someone's ethics i can't train their um their motivation and i can't train if they genuinely care about people yeah. and that they're working in the interest of a customer. Of course. So I just look for people who are hardworking, likable, and they l- enjoy helping people. They're not dreading the phone ringing. They're yeah. happy when the phone rings. You know, I, because- wish, I wish Kevin was here for that because if you say the word hustle, Kevin just goes on like a complete other tangent. He's just like, hustle hard, hustle hard, everything you do. You got to make sure you you mind over everything. I mean, he, he, he messes around, but like, yeah. it's true, you know? So that's just something that um, yeah, I totally agree with. And I think that it's really amazing what you've done in the past and like what you are doing right now. You. Um, you know, when you were starting up your own business, how scary was that? Like, you know, being out, taking a huge amount of uh, money out as a loan yeah. and then going into the business, not knowing for sure if you're going to make it or not. Obviously, you did, yeah. but there's definitely a percentage of people who, are, who would be in your shoes that yeah. wouldn't make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, how scary was that? Like, were you up all night? Just like, oh, I don't know. I definitely, well, I, you know, I was the first one in. I was the last one out. Um, leading up to it, I remember having nights before I opened up my doors, um, just sitting in front of the TV, essentially going blank, really? thinking to myself, Holy crap, what did I get myself into? You know, what if I, I wasn't even worried, and this is going to sound so fake, but I promise it isn't. (laughs) I wasn't worried as much about my own failure as much as, 
you know, any con- the concern I had was failing the people that I hired to join me. Yeah. Because, you know, when I when I started, I was 27. But I hired people that were in their 40s. Really? I had three people. Two of them were in their 40s. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, I am now going to be the I'm going to be responsible for the food that's on that on the table and the rent or the mortgage that's being paid. Yeah, I was heavy on me because as a before that, I just had to do my job. I went home, yeah. and you know, work was out of my head. It was just on your. You were just on your own. Yeah. yeah, and it was. It didn't matter. I'm only responsible for myself. But when you're an entrepreneur and you're bringing people in, it's not about you. It's about them. And if they don't do well, um, you know, that's on you. And that's something that you have to live with. And over the years, there've been plenty of people. Listen, you know, you know, in an, in an environment like this, especially, you're you're generally going to hear from somebody about the success, yeah, and everything's great. And here's why I'm great. And here's why my business is great. And here are all the great things I did. I failed numerous times, plenty of times. I still do. And in my opinion, for over the years, some of the people who didn't crush it in my business. I never forget it. it. Always lingers in my head because I feel that I was a failure in not, you know, helping to make them successful. You're putting the blame on yourself. You have to. Yeah. You, you have to. If you don't, then you'll you can never improve. Of course. You have to look in the mirror. So yeah, there might be some cases where I, I can safely say, yeah, that wasn't me. They they, yeah. they, were, they were awful. But but in many cases, you know, the reason why someone succeeds or doesn't succeed. It's based on the environment. It's who's teaching, who's coaching, you know, who's inspiring, who's of course. leading, you know, and that's on yeah. me. I was literally speaking about that this past weekend on, um, you know, we did a shoot with Handsome Homebuyer. Um, so I was literally speaking exactly on that. Yeah. Um, myself personally, like, I don't employ anybody. You know, I'm my own person. Yeah. Um, I work under a team and... Um, you know, I'm still learning. I'm not at that stage of my business yet. Um, you know, I don't, I don't feel wrong saying that because, you know, I'm still young in the industry and, yeah. you know, it, it's a part of the whole thing. You have to learn everything first. You know, I'm sure when you started, you were fully knowledgeable about everything and you knew yourself you can do it. You know, I can't say the same thing yet. Yeah. Um, just from a managerial standpoint and, you know, loan terms itself, like, you know, at making sure I know every single product, making sure I you know, I, I don't have somebody to ask questions to and stuff like that. Right. That's a difficult part that, you know, I still need that support. Um, so right now, obviously, it's not that time for me. Um, but whenever, you know, I was speaking about that in a little bit of a different sense, like I was talking about relationships mm-hmm. um, and how when you lose a relationship, right, with a, another professional in the, in the industry, um, I always put the blame on myself for everything because you are really responsible for your own actions. And if somebody's doing something better than you and you lost a relationship because of that, yeah. um, you know, that person is doing something that you're not doing, you know? So I, I, was, I was coming at it from that sense too. Like, it's always good to be, you know, putting yourself in a position where you have to learn from, you know, what you've done and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, in your case, it's a little different because you're you're doing this on like such a big scale, you know. So like you're, it's crazy. It's crazy what you're doing. Um, but you know, I'm really happy that everything worked out for you, and you know, you're you're so successful now um, with everything. You know, not everyone can do what you did. You know. You know, I I want to make a, a a recommendation, all right, to anybody who is either an entrepreneur already or thinking about it, is read the book. The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Okay. E-Myth. And the E stands for entrepreneur. 
okay? And Michael Gerber, I mean, it's one of the greatest books I ever read. Um, it's not a it's not a rah-rah motivational, but it will motivate you. But the the premise of the book is about the mistakes that entrepreneurs make. And the 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 biggest and the first one that so many entrepreneurs make is why they even get into why they become an entrepreneur. Yeah. All right. So the book starts off and he's interviewing um, a baker, right? And uh, and she's just mismanaging her business and she's struggling and she can't scale and yada yada yada. But the reason why she became a baker is the same reason why so many people end up opening up their own business. That, that what you sell is almost irrelevant. Yeah. Right. It's so what ends up happening is people are, are good at what they do. And then what ends up happening, especially if they're in a corporate environment, it's like, man, you know, you're really good at sales. You're now going to become the sales manager. Yeah. Right. In this case, uh, in the book, this uh, this woman is really good at baking pies. And everyone said, man, your pies are so good. You should own your own bakery. So she opened up her own bakery. But baking pies is not the same job as owning and operating a bakery. Yeah. Selling loans is not the same as you know, having your own branch of loan officers and teaching them, motivating yeah. them, inspiring them, and 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 supporting them. Yeah, it's totally different. It's completely different. Yeah. When you're selling, it's just me, myself, and I. I got to crush it. I'm making my calls. Doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. The moment you are no longer in that position and now you are a manager or an owner, it is not about your production. Yeah. It's about your ability to lead others to do well. The job is completely different. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I have seen a lot of entrepreneurs. That's the reason why they either, I don't want to say fail, but let's just say are held back from their success. Because sometimes they don't have, you know, you certainly have to have faith in yourself. So you have to take risk. You have to spend money. You have to have a plan. You have to believe in your plan, right? You yeah. have to execute the plan for sure. But you also have to... Um, plan to be the the manager the owner the leader not the person who's on the front lines yeah that's just inefficient if i had to spend most of my day um personally quoting and selling policies there's no way i could scale yeah. there's no way i can manage other people there's no way i can concentrate on my marketing efforts yeah i wouldn't be here right now if the way i made money was me cranking out the phone calls and quoting car insurance right now. Yeah. It's impossible to scale if I'm doing that too. So I learned that pretty early on um, that I couldn't do it all. In my first year, I tried to, and I was burning out. I was trying to do all of the sales. I was yeah, trying to difficult. lower my commission check to my team. I figured, hey, the, the lead came to me. I took the information. I could sell it right now. Why am I going to give it to my team? Yeah. Right? And remember, I'm 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 paying everything off with a loan, so I'm very I'm really counting my pennies. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was the smart thing to do, but now it's all right. Well, I'm trying to write a hundred policies. I'm trying to manage. I'm trying to teach, and I just couldn't do it all. And I was burning out, burning out, burning out. That's when I realized, all right, even if that means that my production is going to take a step back, yeah. I have to start giving these leads, the, this you know, these quote requests. I have to give it to my team. And I yeah. got to put my focus, instead of me thinking, all right, I'm the best salesperson, so I should sell it. It should be, I'm the best salesperson, so I'm going to be in position to teach them how to do it. And now I can feed them the leads, and they can take it from A to Z, and they can have the gratification that comes with that. They can have the money, the commission yeah. that comes with that. And then I can free up my time to focus on the things that will help scale the business. Yeah, that's... 
It's a lot to take in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like there's in the general midst of sales, there's always levels to everything. Yeah. You know, you got to get through the first thing, got to close your first deal, then got to close one deal a month, then two, then three, then five, then 10, yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, and when you get to that point, you know, it's just so difficult to be in a position where you're doing 10 deals a month and then like do it. I, I totally agree with you. Like I, I can't imagine like doing what I'm doing now and also doing, you know, what you're doing of like motivating your team, teaching them how to do this, that, whatever, answering all the questions that they have. Cause I'm sure there's a bunch of questions that are being asked to you, you know, from, from your newer agents that join your team and stuff. So that's crazy. And honestly, like hats off to you for being able to do that. If I may ask, yeah. so how many hours would you say you work per week? You know, uh, I'm sure it's a difficult question because it's, it's a it's a little bit of something that like it's not set in stone, obviously. But yeah, I mean, I have I I don't even know what the number would be. I there because what I do is so different. Yeah. Now compared to what I did, now most of my efforts are marketing and relationship building. Yeah. Yeah, and training. You know, teaching. So it's um, you know, my time is spent from, you know, having my my team uh, meetings because we're we're meeting on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and so we're 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 training, we're role playing, we're going through, you know, um, trying to tweak things to become more efficient at all times. Um, we are, uh, you know, I'm working on my social media. I'm working on yeah. my efforts to get our our name out there. And showcasing the team, um, and then a lot of it is working with others in terms of projects, yeah. i.e., hot rides in real estate, um, and 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 getting my my name and my face out there so people know that I exist. So I could be the greatest insurance agent that ever lived, but if you don't know who I am, then how it, are they gonna? Yeah, I can't help you. No, of course, I can't help you. So uh, so I'm certainly thankful, you know, for. Um, for being here today, for example, um, because you know that you came on the show. <laughs> yeah, but 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 a lot of the time is it's strategizing, it's um, speaking with my um, referral partners, the people that we have relationships that are kind enough to constantly send uh, their clients to us because of the value that we're we're giving, and then meeting with the team. Yeah, what I'm not, what my time is not being spent on is doing you know data entry to come up with yeah. quoting numbers. What I will occasionally do is um, when the team, let's say, has a um, outside of just general questions, of course, I you know helping uh, on whether that's service related or sales related. But sometimes it's a hey, Jr. I've got someone that you may want to talk to. This you know maybe whatever they're interested in might be above um, you know where they are. Uh, in, yeah. in terms of handling, you know, an account of that size or, or something like that. Um, and so a lot of that is me getting involved. Maybe I'm handling, maybe I'm closing the sale. Maybe I'm conducting, especially on the life insurance side, where gotcha. I like to get more involved because in, in my mind, that's by far the most important thing that we do. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of car insurance. We do a lot of homeowners insurance, um, but life insurance is the most important. So th there I, I will get involved. And certainly Sometimes I forget. I forget that you do everything. Because <laughs> I, I know you as, you know, you do home insurance, yep. but I, I sometimes forget that you do like everything. And yeah. there's so many different markets that you're touching. Um, so that's that's crazy. I mean, with real estate, obviously, I would say that you are a big, you know, figure in real estate in the Long Island market, right? Yep. So with that being said, is that where you kind of like to focus or you just, it's just a mixed bag of 
whatever it is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go forward. Well, I think from a marketing standpoint, it makes sense to own the small pond yeah. before you start trying to dominate the sea, you yeah. know. But um, so most of our clients are Nassau, Suffolk, and Queens. Um, but we do plenty of business in Brooklyn and Westchester all the way up. And uh, and now we're spreading out. We're doing plenty of business in New Jersey as well. But I would say that most of my relationships that I'm building are local. Because, you know, if, for example, if you were in South Jersey, you know, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Right? No, you're right. But yeah. it's because our, 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 our networks overlapped. Yeah. That we're able to, you know, to, to meet in person to do something fun like this today. Um, so yeah, for, for the most part, most of my efforts are local. Wow, nice. Well, so, you know, we were touching on, you know, what you were, how you're networking around and stuff like that. Um, is it any different meeting with realtors than like meeting with like accountants, stuff like that? Like, are you meeting with like different people in different industries and stuff like that? I'd say... Well over 90% of the people that I'm meeting with that I'm interested in yeah. knowing more of, it's loan officers, it's realtors, and it's people in car sales. Okay. Those well, are, that, those three all make sense. Yeah. yeah. Those those are the three. Those represent almost all of the sources for the referrals that we get. Now, in my business, a lot of agents um, get their business purchasing internet leads. Gotcha. Uh, and I know that that happens in real estate and yeah. in, the, in the loan market too. And it's probably the same for realtors and loan officers that most of those leads are either junk, yeah. right? Someone is saying, wait a minute, I thought I was, um, I thought I was signing up to win a Caribbean cruise, <laughs> you know, or I just wanted a new iPhone or something like that, you know. Um, wait, is okay. that how those things work in the mall? Oh, is that is that how it oh works? My God. Well, a lot of the way that people are getting leads, um, let's say via Facebook, is they're capturing the lead by saying, enter to win a $100 gift card or enter to win to, to win this, right? And you'll be in the, you know, the, the lotto for it, yeah. you know? And just please fill out all this information. That information yeah. is what becomes the lead. Bait and switching out here. Damn. So, so that's very common, all right? What we do, uh, and then there's other lead companies that, you know, that they're just... They're, they'll spit them out at very little cost, but they're being sent to, you know, 10 people, 10 competitors. Gotcha. So now if you reach the person, they're like... Which sucks. Right? They, sucks. They, they hate you. They yeah. hate you before they even pick <laughs> up. If they pick up, they're already blocking their phone. And so to, we don't... I don't run a business like that because I don't want to have to hound those people. I don't want to be chasing, looking for the needle in the haystack saying, pretty please, can I... Can yeah. I... Can you give me a chance to help you? I don't want to run my business like that. So we put our efforts into trying to get people asking us for help. Yeah. I don't want to beg you to help you. I do it the same exact way. Right? So if we're putting ourselves out there and we're networking with the right people and you have partners who say, you know what, we have mutual clients. And if they work with you, that's actually going to be a plus for me. Then I'm developing those relationships. Yeah. And now it's not, you know, my team or myself hunting all day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially we're handling the incoming. Yeah. And Which is what, where you want to be, honestly. That's what you want. And yeah. it's better business, right? They're often, they're going to stay with you longer. They're going to appreciate you more. The sales cycle is way shorter because, you know, for them, you're pretty much starting on like third base. You just yeah. Gotta, you're just like, all right, JR, hook me up with this client. Make sure that he's good. 
JR knocks it out of the park. We're good. Yeah, it's just easier. It's nicer, and that for me, that's that's the nirvana in sales is that the business comes to you. Yeah. So that's why I look at my responsibility. One of my biggest responsibilities is trying to make it rain with opportunity, and then try to give my team the tools to be as good as they can with the opportunities that are provided. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you have an amazing second season of hot rides in real estate. What started that? How did, how did that whole thing, uh, how did that whole thing start? Um, I just, you know, it, I, I was, uh, I was meeting with my, uh, my buddy JB, who's the, the host of the show, rightfully so. And, uh, and I just, you know, I said, you know, we, I, I think we should do a TV show. I think we do a TV show. Now my first thought, I can't tell you because it might still end up happening. <laughs> so I'm not going to throw that out there, but my plan B um, uh, uh, the idea that came to me literally driving on the way to meet up with him was, you know what, why don't we do a podcast, an interview show for real estate agents, but instead of doing it in a studio, why don't we do it while driving around in exotic cars? All right. You're going to steal all the viewers away from this podcast <laughs> and bring them over to you. All right. No more hot rides, real estate. Thank you. No, I'm just <laughs> but, but, you know, because I, I insure a lot of exotic cars. I got into that. I light, see right? your story with all these crazy cars, Lambos, Ferraris, everything. Make yeah. sure to follow him. Yeah, you're, you're I, gonna see his lifestyle. It, it makes <laughs> it makes it makes work a lot more fun. So you know, Lamborghinis or Ferraris or where Porsches, right? There, it's eye candy. So it the the car becomes a character. Now, yeah. as much as I'd like to take credit for the idea entirely, let's get real. This is kind of a spinoff off of Jerry Seinfeld's. You know, uh, uh, what's it called? The comedians and cars getting coffee. Yeah. Right. He's got someone that's really good at what they do. He picks them up in a car that he selected for them. They drive around. They end up going to the diner. They have a little coffee. My show, our show is we're picking up a real estate agent in a fancy car that we provided. We're interviewing them. But instead of getting a coffee, maybe we're going to a listing. Season two is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be cooler. But it's just, it's just a matter of getting the interview out of a studio. In this case, just putting it in a different background. I love it. And that. now the car becomes a character in itself. So uh, JB uh, loved the idea, and he's just so good at speed and execution. And because of the setup that he had over in Melville, he was able to put the parts together real fast so that, okay, we've got our crew, we have our first guest, we're ready to rock, let's do this. And it started, and it started. Wow. So um, it was, it got a lot of viewers, um, it was successful. Um, and now we are now in our uh, planning phase for season two, and there's going to be some new exciting uh, changes, a little bit of a tweak to uh, the format. Um, there, there's going to be uh, a new segment, and I think we're going to see, you're going to see it leveled up. I'm excited for that. I'm yeah. excited to see it. I'm somebody who, like, I love listening to podcasts at all times. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think that it's so informative. Like, you can learn so much from so many different peoples. I'm people um like you know you were you've been you're on the show today right yeah. and you have years of experience and you're breaking down some of the main things that people should know yeah. in exchange you just watch this video and you get to learn all that information right yeah. that's how i think of podcasts yeah you know so i think that's awesome i'm so hyped to see season two thanks man. um season one was crazy i've seen like i saw i, I saw a few of the episodes and i was just like wow this man's really doing, uh, you know, some big things. So, you know, I, I'm excited to see where it goes and, you know, how big it gets. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be huge. Thank so you. I'm hyped for that. But let me ask you a question. Unrelated to insurance, unrelated to real estate. What do you think of the the Tesla Roadster? 
I'm curious. Well, yeah, well, I heard it's pretty damn fast. Uh, Was it like it one be... point something zero to sixty? I think it's one point nine nine. I think the um, so Lucid Motors is another car company that produces electric vehicles. Yeah. Um, so they produced a competitor to Tesla's car, um, the P100D, and they made it. They made the quarter mile under ten seconds. So they got nine point nine nine. So like with EV, like EV yeah. cars, it's crazy what they're doing right now. It is the future. Yeah, I totally It is agree. the future. And, you know, I, I was recently, I did a, um, uh, an IG story of, of, of my natural reaction of the, um, what do you call it, the uh, launch mode. Have you ever been in a car that has launch mode in it? I have, yeah. It depends on which car you're depends. talking about, which car yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, so I was in the Porsche Taycan. Oh, dude, that car is something else. And I, I, my BMW has has launch control, so okay. I'm like, so this one. It's went, not a Taycan. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the. It went. I think it was. I want to say like maybe like two point seven or something like that. It's not a one nine. Okay, but <laughs> but uh, but the it just throws you back. It's just like you're instantly uh, a ten year old on a roller coaster. You yeah. know, just the. It's like instant laughter and just, you know, exhilaration. But the crazy thing about it, which is similar to the Tesla, is that it's the smoothness of it. It's almost like some sort of ride at Disney or something like that, like it's gliding on the rail, you know? So that smooth sort of, and that the sound, it's almost like like a spaceship. I love, so I'm, I was, I just test drove a Tesla on Monday. Okay. So, um, my, my friend has two Teslas, but he doesn't drive it fast. Yeah. Um, but I was, um, Tesla cause my dad wants to get one. So okay. I was in a model Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was letting me drive cause he was letting me drive. He was saying the passenger cause I really wanted to drive it. Yeah. Um, and that car, it was like the, um, the performance package, whatever. And that car just moves like that. Like, I mean, I've been in some really fast cars, like yeah. M5 competition, zero to 60 that's in three fast. seconds. Yeah. yeah like, those cars are like fast. This car is slower than that car, but it feels faster to me for some yeah. reason. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's just like the way that like there's just no sound and just like that like you know like that little humming noise yes. that like comes with it. Yes, like that is just what like brings it to another level. Yeah. So that's crazy. But listen, yo, Jr. I appreciate you coming on the show. Kevin, yeah. do you have anything to add to anything we've spoken about? Cars, anything? Give it to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take that as a no, Kevin. Wishing the best for you. I'll see you back next week. JR, thank you for everything. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. If somebody's looking to, you know, reach out to you, how can they contact you? Um, listen, you, you can easily find me on really anywhere. You know, Google JR Ornstein, you're going to find me. You know, do a search in uh, Instagram, you're going to find me. You know, there's just, it's, it's pretty easy. If you wanted to call me directly, 516-286-3554. That's my personal cell phone. You know, email is jr at jrornstein.com. Um, but yeah, man, there's it, you would have to uh, try hard not to find me if you're looking for me. Make sure to follow him on Instagram too. We'll drop the handle right here. Um, so James Chatter, United Mortgage, Kevin Iglesias, licensed associate broker, Realty Connect USA. I did your outro for you, Kevin. Don't worry. And JR Ornstein from State Farm Insurance. All right, great. Thank you so much, JR. Cue the outro. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate and Chill Podcast with James Chatter and Kevin Iglesias. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Also, share this with your friends, your enemies, your mother-in-law. No, seriously, this podcast is so fucking good, you might want to tell your ex. See you next time.